Good morning to everyone and welcome to a Vision for You Sunday Special Edition. My name is Melanie C. I am from Oregon and a recovered compulsive overeater. The share ID for Friday, June 20th, is 6525. 6525, Friday, June 20th. And welcome again to this meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. These are the first lines of what's known as the serenity prayer, which is a well is a well-known prayer to many of us that are recovering. And it's often recited in the rooms of those of us that are recovering as a reminder of the core principle of successful sobriety. Acceptance of the reality that for addicts, nothing but absolute lifelong abstinence will lead to a healthy and lasting recovery. As simple as this message is, it's very difficult for many of us that are addicts to embrace, at least at first, the simplicity of it. Most resist the finality of an absolute prohibition, hoping and looking instead for half measures and temporary fixes to the problem, or putting off abstinence for another day. These lukewarm efforts often end in relapse. What's actually going on in the mind of an alcoholic as she or he goes through, rather a compulsive overeater, I should say, goes through the process of recovery? Well, as we continue in our sobriety and living the 12-step life, simple prayers such as this shortened version of the serenity prayer is a prayer by which we can apply to everyday recovery. And here to present how the serenity prayer is a prayer for all seasons in her experience as a fellow traveler deeply rooted in the 12 steps of recovery whose experience, strength, and hope is richly filled with the experience and generosity of a recovered life. Please join me in welcoming Janice M. from Massachusetts to the line to share with us. Welcome, Janice, and thank you so much. And thank you, Melanie C., for that wonderful summation and introduction. Yes, I thank you for this special opportunity to present the Serenity Prayer and examine it you know, um, uh, as a prayer for serenity to the vision for you, special edition, pardon me. My name is Janice M. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Yes, the words contained in this prayer is a roadmap for happy relationships and recovery. You know, we, we called it, you know, I called it a prayer for all seasons, it could be called a titled a prayer for serenity, courage, wisdom, and as was stated, it's powerful, it's magnificent, and it's simplistic. It only can, it only is it only has 25 words in the short version, and that's the one I'm going to be talking about. And if you're interested, you can always look up the long version, which is very powerful, also. And, you know, when I came into my first 12-step meeting in 1982, that's 31 years ago, I was really struck by the power and the wisdom of these very short words. I didn't understand it, 
you know, I really didn't, yeah, it just sounded pretty good. But um, they, they contained in the serenity prayer was something. You know, and Bill wrote, Bill Wilson, we know, the co-founder of AAA and writing in the big book, he says, never had we seen so much AA in so few words. And, you know, we know today thousands and thousands make use of these words. And, you know, they don't even have to be in a 12-step program. Uh, they just know of it. And um, as Bill sees it, he says the light came on from this prayer. You know, because as my experience, through my experience, I have come to believe, like step two, that these qualities of these gifts in the serenity prayer, the courage, the wisdom, you know, can only come from a power greater than myself, whom I choose to call God as I understand him. Um, so that's who I will be addressing. Now, we know the serenity prayer, you know, and when I say the serenity prayer over and over again, you know, sometimes I could fall into the habit of just merely parroting the words without being aware of its real meaning for me. You know, this prayer, the serenity prayer, along with the 12 steps, applies to all my problems. It's, the 12 steps are so intertwined in this prayer. And as we grow spiritually in this, um, in this recovery program, we will see, you know, it's just like climbing a mountain, you know, the higher you get, the more you see, the more view you have. And that's my experience through this um, serenity prayer. I'm going to talk about three goals or aims of the of the prayer. And as I as I just mentioned, uh, the prayer has a threefold request to God. Notice it starts out with the word God, and I will go over that word for some of us that don't use that word, and that's okay. And the threefold request is I'm asking a power greater than myself, not me a power greater than myself, whom I choose to call God, for three things. And I'll be going over this, serenity, courage, and wisdom. I'm going to give a brief summary. The first two lines of serenity tells me to pray for peace, to accept what cannot be altered in oneself. That's what the first, I cannot alter the past, neither what I did to others, nor what was done to me. Now, the third line is a request for courage to overcome that which is possible to achieve or overcome. What this line teaches me and has taught me and continues to, I'm not finished <laughs> until my life is over, instructs me to change my attitudes, my resentments, my fears, my self-pities, because, see, only God can do that. Only God can give me courage, um, because if I could have had it, I, you know, I don't need the program. Now, the fourth line is the one that we all want to talk about, and that's wisdom. And this, and I will be talking about this, this later on, is a request. Notice I say request, because I'm going to talk about the word prayer. Sometimes that ruffles people's, you know, feathers. But um, it's a request for discernment 
to know when to accept a situation or when to challenge it. Now, this gives me hope that we can all change for the better. You know, it's like I said, its appeal is its simplicity. Um, You know, people who are in recovery are very familiar with this prayer, but the serenity prayer is not only for addicted people, you know. It has a lot of truth and a lot of wisdom for anyone who wants to apply it and practice its principles in their life. Like I said, I've discovered today, didn't know it then, 31 years ago, that the 12 steps of the program of recovery in the big book are closely linked, a closely linked chain to this prayer. And there's a principle that I want to talk about, and it's called the me-you principle, me-you. You know, if something needs to be changed, it needs to be changed in me. If something about you seems to be my problem, then I need to realize you are who you are right now. So accept that truth. And when I don't waste my energy trying to change you, I have energy to change me. Then I seem to have a lot less problems with you. So that's the me-you principle. And, um, you know, I have a question, you know, and I questioned myself, you know, and this was me. I was always too busy. I was stressed. I was overworked. I was agitated by what somebody said about me. I was sensitive. I was restless, irritable, and discontented. So if you feel and felt like me, you know, uh, that you were thinking in that quicksand-like bill, well, and you've had enough of struggles, you know, with the life problems, we all have them whether it's under-eating, over-eating, divorce, anger, or whatever, life problems, which I call life problems, um, and they're stumbling stops. They can be either stumbling blocks, which they were for me, or stepping stones, which for me today, they are assets through the program of recovery. You know, my life before recovery had been like a roller coaster ride, up and down, up and down, and, you know, emotional highs and lows, you know, but guess what? It was exciting. See, I like excitement. You know, serenity, like, was boring. It was like, you know, my husband was so calm, and, oh, I thought he was boring. Um, (laughs) You know, today, you know, recovery, being recovered is the most exciting ride I'll ever take in my, in my life. So there's good news for all of us to find peace and serenity. You're not alone. You know, we who have recovered from, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind have recovered, okay? And how did we recover? We had a personality change as a result of these steps and the serenity prayer and we will return to mental and physical health. And we, will con- we continue to do this on a daily basis as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Okay, I'm going to talk about the word God, G-O-D. And then I'll be breaking down the serenity prayer like a four-way cold tablet. 
You know, the whole content of the serenity prayer is, like I said, a guiding principle. It is a guiding principle of life. You know, today, like I said, I recover, I um, incorporate wisdom in this prayer into my life code. You know, um, it seems to um, simplify my life because I knew I was trying to right every perceived wrong that I came across. And my judgments <laughs> were so impaired by my egocentricity or my self-will that I was quite often acting with foolishness, you know. Um, and people told me so. And um, today I'm grateful that they do. So a great freedom was delivered to me from God when wisdom stepped in, advised me a lot of things I was concerned with simply wasn't my business. You know, people should say, mind your own business. Well, <laughs> today I'm older and wiser and, and I, I hope more courageous and less fearful and more prayerful um, because the other way just did not work for me. You know, my disease was a disease of relationships, three relationships, relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others. And, you know, you notice steps one, two, three began, began a new relationship with my higher power, whom I choose to call God. And steps four through seven began a new relationship with myself. I got to know my strengths, my weaknesses, especially my defects, how I was acting. I didn't even know that until these steps were um, practiced. And then, of course, 8 and 9, steps 8 and 9, began a new relationship with the world around me, with others. And, you know, 10 and 12 began for me to grow spiritually and to continue serenity, and peace of mind. I'll either grow or I'll go. Um, now, the word God, um, you know, grant me the serenity, it means to, of course, it, I, I see three steps in here. Um, to accept the things I cannot change, okay? It, it, it's a priceless gift, first of all, I'm summarizing. I see steps one, three, and seven in those in that in that sentence. And the courage to change, I see step four. You know, another priceless gift. Uh, the change, things I can change, is me. And step three is all through the prayer. Wisdom only comes from my higher power, whom I choose to call God. Another priceless gift to help others. Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, step three is, is threaded all through because it's about his will, not my will. It was always about my will. I didn't know about anybody else's will, you know. And, um, and then steps 10, 11, and 12 is a daily, daily work on my personality change as a result of all the steps. You see, I got a spiritual awakening. So I'm just paraphrasing. And if you want to, um, not now, but I mean whenever, uh, you can look at 12 and 12, the, our 12 and 12 book, the supplement to the big book, on pages 106, 107. I think it's probably one of the best definition of explanation of a spiritual awakening. You know, yeah. um, uh, we become willing and able to feel and believe. That's what we couldn't do before. And that's what a spiritual awakening is for me. Um, 
as a result of the steps. Now, when we say the word God, you know, I'm just admitting the existence of a higher power as the authority who can bestow and give me these gifts. It's just a name, you know. Um, For me, it's a being greater than myself. It's not me, because I did play God. I knew everything, you know. Um, So it's it's, it's a name and a concept of a higher power. And uh, the word God and prayer can make non-believers at this time uncomfortable. You know, it's all about God. What is this? Because the serenity prayer has nothing to do uh, with religion, and they feel, well, it's got nothing to offer them. But, uh, yes, they you can need and adopt um, this prayer without being a religious connotation. Um, you know, they view God as nature or their own inner wisdom, but the actual words, don't, don't worry about the actual words. It's a sentiment that each of us interprets on our own. And prayer, the word prayer. Oh, yeah, prayer, you know, gives you that vision of kneeling down and, you know, um, and, and some of us do that. But a prayer is a substitute for the word ask, A-S-K, or request. Hmm, I request or I petition. Um, I like those three words. Um, and, again, the two criteria for my God is in choosing a higher power, and it's not me, and it has to be greater than me. And the big book on page 93, but prior to that, the word God appears in the big book 298 times. So, the, and I'm a big book student. Um, the big book on page 93, working with others, says, if a man be agnostic or atheist, Make it emphatic that he doesn't have to agree with my conception of God or your conception of God, because God is indescribable anyway, you see. And then we, you can just note on page 55 in the big book that, you know, the word God is described, and we finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Okay, and the next words are grant me. Grant. What's a grant? Well, a grant is a priceless gift that requires action. And this grant that we're talking about from God, or your higher power, as you understand them, is given me the gifts of serenity, courage, and wisdom. But I have to be willing to do some action for this grant. And that's where I connect the 12 principles in the 12 steps. As a result, I will receive a spiritual awakening, and I, in turn, will receive this grant. And uh, like I said, pages 106, 107 will be that grant. You know, um, what is it? It's a prized condition. For me, it's a spiritual awakening that we earn through our, our efforts of only learning to apply the 12 steps of OA to our lives. And the word me, people say, well, oh, you're not supposed to pray for yourself. Well, the big book says you're not to, supposed to pray for yourself if, if it isn't going to be useful to others. So, yes, you can pray 
and ask that it be given, you know, um, uh, for myself, if, if it is not wrong to ask for betterment of myself, for my improvement of my character, because you know why? The result will be that the people around me will be happier. That's what I pray for, for my character defects, you know, to be removed. You see, the, 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 the steps are, uh, the principles of the steps are all intertwined. Um, you, you can see the results that, yeah, God, I have to know what they are first, and then God has to, I have to be humble enough to have God remove them, and then what's going to be the result? My relationships with my God and myself and my others, you know, it will be useful. I will be useful and not useless. So when it says God grant me, it implies that we, me, myself, cannot gain the serenity, the courage, nor the wisdom by my own will. And therefore, these gifts have to be, must, must be granted, <clears throat> pardon me, by God. Repeat, step three is all through this prayer. And prayer means surrendering by turning our wills and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him, which means I'm going to make a decision to do these actions for God to grant me the prayer. And as I said, it's like climbing a mountain. As we struggle to go up higher, we gain better and better commands and views as a reward for our climb. Um, and as we say this prayer, God grant me the serenity, courage, wisdom. As we deepen our surrender to him, the higher we get spiritually. Now we to get the word serenity. What does it mean, serenity? Well, I know what it doesn't mean. I know I was, like I said, I was uh, in disease uh, from compulsive overeating. Um, and I was irritable. I was restless. I was discontented, which is, a, if you want to know what disease is, that's what I was. Whereas today I am recovered. I am calm, not all the time, <laughs> certainly not. Um, uh, but I am, uh, the, the miracle for me is I, I become open-minded that, you know, that person isn't all wrong and I'm all right and I'm more contented. So you see, um, it's a profound prayer. It really is. Because when I when I first came to the program many years ago, I thought serenity meaned, uh, meant going around, never feeling any kind of disturbance or upset. You know, oh, she has serenity. In fact, I, I tell you, you know, I married my husband 50 years ago, and he was a serene man. And I thought he was boring. See, because I liked excitement. You know, I'm an addict. I loved excitement, and something was wrong with him. Um, but, you know, today, still married, there wasn't, you know, there's more wrong with me. But anyway, <clears throat> it's a kind of, you know, for me, serenity now is, you know, it's just a, an inner peace. It's an inner peace that I have, you know, most of the time. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. And it is the code to live by that's contained. It's the fundamental spiritual awakening produced by the working of the 12 steps. Um, you know, I can feel more at ease. I can feel at home. I can feel harmony in my life. See, this is what serenity means to me. I can deal with trouble, believe me, with trouble and disturbance and not run away. 
um, because the thought will come in my head some of the time, but I, you know, I, I, I get centered and I say, oh no, what's that going to do? A real fear, you know, sure we all have fear. It's not going to, it's not going to absolve me from having any fear, but you know, uh, I'm going to feel a certain calmness through it, through fear, through grief, without going crazy and panicky, you know. So it really, what serenity really does for me is it keeps me from a lot of, you know, emotional disturbances. Um, And like I said, it's not freedom from the storms of life, which I equate to the struggles of life, um, because it isn't. But peace in the midst of the storm, that's so different for me. Oh, my goodness, how can I be peaceful in the midst of the storm? I mean, I liked action. I liked excitement. I liked drama. You know, to be peaceful was a complete different personality trait, you know. So it's the state of mind that I'm in today, viewing, viewing what? The reality. The reality of whatever condition or circumstances may be. It's not fighting reality. I was a fighter, rebellious, you know, with the illusion that why are things this way? Why they should or they shouldn't be like this? You know, so it's not the absence of conflict, (laughs) but the ability to cope with it, because life is not fair. You know, it is not fair. And it's not about the end of pain. We all have pain. We go through operations. We do this. We have pain, our sons, our family, you know. But it's about the ability to flourish peacefully no matter what it brings. And like I said, I cannot will serenity, but I can create an environment that where it's more likely to blossom. But on my own, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And, you know, on page... 550, 551, I love this, OA has taught me, AA has taught me that I will, I will have peace in mind in the exact proportion to the peace of mind I bring into the lives of other people. Isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful gift. You know, it's a, a peace of mind is when I'm in harmony with God with myself and with others. Again, hear the 12 steps, if you know, if you've had experience with them, you know, and um, that's the result of the 12 steps. What a priceless spiritual gift, a new way of living. Okay, um, again, on my own power, I cannot do this. And now I'm going to go to acceptance, surrender. What is acceptance? It's surrender. And one of the things I have to accept at the top of the list is I cannot stop being a compulsive overeater. Now, when I say that, I mean I don't have to practice compulsive overeating. I will always be a compulsive overeating because my allergy never, never goes away. The obsession of my mind is suppressed one day at a time. And um, I'm too weak to overcome some of the obstacles in life, especially those that are self-imposed. And my disease is a self-imposed illness. And it is. Acceptance is the key 
to our problems. Many things, many situations, many circumstances, we have no power over. So now what does it mean to accept? Well, it certainly doesn't mean approval, but to acknowledge the truth or the reality, you know, um, the, the, the example I'm given is, of course, you know, being a compulsive overeater. And to acknowledge the truth or reality of, you know, death or tragedy or suffering or illness or pain, you know, resigning myself to conditions as they are right now. You know, I'm living right now, so it's the present moment, today, for it is always today, always today. What else do I have to accept? My humanness, my fallibility, no acceptance, no serenity, no recovery. Till, until I accept my illness, I could not get recovered. You know, in the long version of this prayer, talks about hardships as a gateway to peace. And we know who are recovered that if there is no pain, there is no gain. Um, so we're going to accept the things I cannot change. And that's the reality. I just talked about that. And, of course, we know page 417, 420, I need, we need, you need to, to keep our expectations of others and myself off. The higher the expectation, the lower the serenity. If I expect my son not to smoke, not to smoke, not to smoke, and I do this and I do that, then my serenity is going to be very low because I can't make him stop addiction. I mean, it's, it's impossible. So I have to allow him, you know, to be himself without criticizing, but I can also change and choose what I can change, like not smoking in my house. I'm not going up to New Hampshire in another state to buy his cigarettes so that he can save some money. <laughs> that's how it is. Today, you know, I know that. Today, that's the wisdom that I know. You know, it is what it is. Accepting the world, the world and my family and my husband as it is, not as I would have it. Thy will, not mine, be done. And um, accept the things I cannot change. Of course, we know we can't. I don't say, I'm going to stop saying, of course, um, <clears throat> because it wasn't, of course, for me. I mean, it was, it was that I could change people and I could change places and I could change things the way I want them to be, the way they are. Um, no, I have no control over. Um, so, again, I'm going to be surrendering to my God's will. Um, I, 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 like I, I can't change the past. I can't change people against their own will. I can't change people of their feelings. Oh, and I always wanted to. And I can't change people of their beliefs. A, man a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still, just wasting energy, when I can be using that energy to fix me, you know. Um, I can't change the fact that I'm getting older, and in 10 years, I'm not going to be younger. That's a fact, right? So it's the same way with with life as I have grown and matured and had the wisdom. 
you know, acceptance taught me that there is a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us. We are all children of God, and we each have a right to be here. And that sounds familiar. It's on page 449, the big book. And um, again on that page, I think it is, uh, you know, when I criticize about you, I'm really criticizing about God's handiwork. Who am I to criticize? I didn't create you. I didn't make you, but that was my thinking. All right, now we're going to go to courage to change the things I can or the things I cannot change. Things and change. Well, it's all about control for me. I can change. I can control you. I cannot change. I cannot control. That's the, co- that's the corroding thread, too, is fear. That's Because I don't know the outcome. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid. So courage to me means taking a step into the unknown. <laughs> I don't know the results, so I'm afraid. You know, step eight, step eight and nine we're talking about in, in our daily uh, meetings is it, it's because I'm afraid. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know what they're going to think about me. But, you know, courage only comes from God. And we're gonna we're in a different spot now when we're in the eighth and ninth step. We have we have our higher power with us. So we we have some serenity. You know, he's the one, trust, trust that he's gonna give me courage. And why am I doing all this so that I can get a better life? If you left if your life is wonderful, you know, and nothing and you're not stressed and all that, then you maybe don't need to do this. But as a compulsive overeater, I needed to change. Or you know, I needed to grow or I needed to go. It was one of the two. Like we talk about two doors. That's the only way. And, you know, courage to change, doctor's opinion, XXIX. One feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. It's the only way. More than human power. I'm a human, so I can't change myself. So therefore, God has to give me the courage. And I pray, God, help me to be willing to change what I can and help me to change what I cannot change. It's a very, you know, and I do this in step three, um, to ask for freedom from the bondage of self. I do this every day when I uh, say the seventh step prayer, you know, because he's the only one that's going to give me the wisdom and action to do his bidding, his will, you know. Um, and you know what? <laughs> it works. It really works. Um, so courage is trust. It's resolve. It's strength. You know, it's it's the ability to make reasonable decisions. Um, courage is, 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 for me, I'm asking my higher power to... Um, Make different, if it be his will, these conditions in my life. Um, And to help me decide the things I can and the things I don't have any control over. Um, And it's all about what? It's all about change. And that's what the 12 steps did for me and continue to do for me is to change me. Um, 
it, it's miraculous, you know. If you don't think you need any change. See, when I came in, I just wanted to change my food. That was that was the biggest thing. I mean, that's all I came. That was my goal. I mean, why would you come to Overeaters Anonymous unless you want to do something about your weight or underweight, whatever. Whatever is 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 associated with overeating. Um, you know, I don't go to Gamblers Anonymous to talk about my food problem. Um, so, but you know, that's the beginning, and it has to be the beginning before we grow and we get to these steps, and then complete these steps. And time, you know, uh, changes so many things if we continue to apply it. So, um, we talked a little bit about what are the things that we can change. Well. We can change my attitude towards things. There's a little printout, and I'm not going to read it, but I'm just going to read emotional maturity. And how we can change is um, we can change our attitude, like we said, in relationship to God, which is the first three steps, to himself, which is myself, which is steps four through seven, and and, and with others, which is step eight and nine. And uh, a little, what is it, two lines, my mind is my garden. My thoughts are my seeds. I will harvest either flowers or weeds. <laughs> my garden was full of weeds when I was in disease, let me tell you. And what else is the things that I can change? Well, I can make choices, as I said, uh, regarding unacceptable behaviors in my home. I can't change a person from not drinking, from not eating, from not smoking, from not gambling, but I can make choices today. See, I didn't think I even had these choices before. I thought it was just the other way. Just try to have them stop, you know. Um, But I know I can change those things, and I can also stop worrying over what things I can't change. If this, you know, if I can't change it, I can't change it. I can, I can change my list of priorities for today. And very important for me is I do not have to be a fat compulsive overeater, but a recovered compulsive overeater as a result of the 12 steps. I can also change my point of view. Very hard regarding reality and perspective. That's harder. That's harder. And I can surrender or I can reject. I can surrender to the disease, reject recovery. The disease is is my will. Everything about the disease is my will. But recovery is all about God's will. And I just want to um, say some other things. If I didn't, you can't change or control addictions, can't change outcomes. We can't change anybody else. We can't change someone's opinion of me, whether you like me or not. I can't change that. I can become a better person, but that doesn't mean you're going to change your opinion of me. You know, I can't change fate. What God wants, he's a, he's, a man, he's a divine planner. And certainly I can't change my higher power to do what I want. <laughs> That's what I used to do. Um, but, but I can change and control, yes, my thoughts, how I take care of my body. I can change that. I can control that. 
you know, what I do with my day. I can, I can have a, a part of that. Um, I can I can change who I invite into my life. You know, I have choices. You know, to keep with with people that I enjoy today. Um, I, I can I can change maybe my self opinion of myself, and certainly I can change my character by implant you know implementing these steps. And uh, I can also change <laughs> biggie my need to control. Does it all happen and, oh, everything is wonderful and I can do this and I can do that? No. It's not that easy. It's not a quick fix. It's a process that I have gone through. And if you know me today and you've known me 30 years ago, I do not do the same things that I've done then, thinking that success was the answer, that money was the answer, that romance was the answer. <laughs> Today, maybe because I'm older, I don't know. I just don't think like that. I don't behave like that. Now is the wisdom. Here it is. This is the obvious. This is the most important component in this prayer is the wisdom to know the difference. Yes, that's what, what, what is that all about? Well, usually it's something that I feel in my gut after praying after calling some other recovered people, getting others' ideas and comments about what I'm going through. You know, wisdom, what is it again? It's the ability to make a change, the ability to know when to let go and to let God. You know, I'm asking for the ability, ability, ability. That means not. Okay, I think you can hear me now. Can you hear me now, Melanie? Yes, we can. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, I'm asking for the ability to form sound judgments. <laughs> That's a new one, you know, to rise above what? My ego. For me to ask somebody uh, their opinion when I thought, I, you know, my ego was so big um, and to accept it and look at it and meditate on it and say, gee, yeah. So, you know, and to know something is to be able to understand clearly the truth or the fact. It's not just to, to guess or hope without, you know, um, asking other people. So the difference is when I'm in God's will. Very simple. What's the difference? Well, when I'm in God's will and when I'm simply in my own will. You know, am I being selfish about this? And look at some of my character defects. Um, like I said, this, this prayer is such a simple, powerful, functional formula for living. Um, I used to think success and wealth and, and boasting was, was coming from me. That isn't wisdom because I, I can't give myself wisdom. You know, discernment, discernment is about learning to separate the truth from lies. Well, how can I do that? We learn that. We grow into it. Because I, uh, it, it's it, it's illusion, illusions from reality, fantasies from facts. You know, it's the difference between emotional truth. Ooh, that was a big one for me. The emotional truth and spiritual truth. I was always impulsive emotionally. 
You know, I never asked for intuitive guidance. It was all from me. Um, uh, wisdom and discernment is being victimized and feeling like a victim. You know, it's recognizing the difference between a person that can be trusted and one who will betray us. And uh, it's the keenness of judgment and sight. And it comes. You say, oh, no, this is impossible. This is impossible to do. It is not. I'm here, to, I'm here talking to you as a recovered compulsive overeater that says this is the truth. This comes true. And, you know, it, and it doesn't come true because of me. <laughs> it comes true because it's because of God granting me the wisdom by me asking and praying every day, every day, every day, seven days a week. And so in the morning, at night, during the day, the other day we were, I don't know, doing opening up a box, and I was getting a little ruffled with my husband, who I usually do, that I have to pray for. And, you know, I could feel myself. Ooh, I could feel myself trying to control the situation, don't do this, and usually, you know, the, the cutter isn't cutting enough, I mean, sharp enough. And I just went and I stopped, and I said, okay, God. Grant me the serenity, and I said the prayer. He didn't. It stopped everything. He didn't say anything. <laughs> you know, we went on our business. I mean, I know it sounds, but if if you've done it and you've experienced it, not just know the prayer. If you experienced it, then you know, and that's from trusting God, my higher power. Trust that I know that as a result of these steps and as a result of me continuously praying and getting in contact step 11 every day step 11 with my higher power the god conscious that i can choose to trust rely and depend on him no matter what happens because he has the divine plan you know that you hear the you hear the saying oh my best thinking got me here well my best thinking got me to eat into oblivion <laughs> you know i don't lack intelligence i have maybe some but I just didn't have the wisdom. I lost the ability to make good decisions. Illogical thinking, and I believed my lies. I believed my thinking. You know, today in recovery, I absolutely make, you know, try to make better decisions. Okay, um, living. I, I live today in the serenity prayer, and that's not just the words, you know. I have to live it. How do you live it? Practice, 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 practice. <laughs> and, you know, I really want to make the changes. And so if I, you know, if I practice and I accept, then it will happen. I'm just going to um, summarize now the serenity prayer with the steps. And, um, again, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Steps one, two, and three requires accepting that there are things over which we simply have no control. Step six and seven, acknowledge the need of a higher power to help me change those things that need changing because I'm beyond, it's beyond me. Step 11 is an asking for understanding rather than control. And all these steps require one main foundation, and that's called humility and submission to a higher power 
which is only possible when you or I accept that I have limitations. Limitations. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm not weak. It's a limitation. You know, I accept it. And courage to change the things that I can are all concerned with making changes. Steps four, five, eight, nine, and ten, taking actions that are necessary to have progress. And, of course, wisdom to know the difference. I went over that. And uh, Bill Sturry, page 13, Ebby, newfound friend, taken away root and branch, friend with a capital letter. Okay, and as I said, the foundation of the serenity prayer in all the steps is humility. Thy will, not mine, be done. And that is step three. And with that, I'm going to pass, Melanie, and thank you for the privilege. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Janice, for guiding us through that serenity prayer. You unwrapped it in such detail, bringing about such illumination on how each and every piece of this is truly a prayer to use in every season. And, of course, the season is in every every March, every walk of my day-to-day interactions with people, places, and things. Just mm-hmm. very beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, Janice, before we move on, um, to questions and answering of those questions, and I do hope you have time to do that. Would you be willing to give contact information for folks that want to contact you? Certainly. Um, my name is Janice M. I'm from Massachusetts, and um, in Boston, um, my telephone number is 781-396-0784. I am on the contact list. And uh, like most of us, if you call me and there's an answer machine, I will call you back. Maybe not immediately, but I will call you back. Thank you. Thank you again, Janice. Thank you so much. Wow, what an unveiling and unwrapping of this particular serenity prayer. I would like to open up the line for anyone that has a question of Janice about her experience and about the presentation that she gave to us today on the serenity prayer. You can do that by pressing star 1 on your phone keypad that unmute you to be able to be heard to speak. And I'm just going to lend it to the first person that has a question. Good morning to you. Melanie, this is Lorna in the Bronx. May I ask a quick one? Hi, yes. Good morning, Lorna. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your unending service, and Janice as well, uh, and all of you all. Um, oh, I'm going to cry again. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't hear all of your qualification, Janice, and I have heard you speak before, and you're really amazing. Um, I just wanted to know, perhaps you already covered this, but what is it that really pushed you to come to OA initially? And if you already covered that, then don't worry. I'll listen to the recording. Thank you, and I pass. Okay. Um, Thank you, Lana. Okay. What pushed me? Like everybody else, you know, I, I just could not find a way to lose weight. I could lose weight, 
but I couldn't keep it off. So I was looking for another method. See, I was looking for another method, method with results. And I thought that perhaps, you know, OA would work because I know that, you know, AA works. I mean, I had recovered alcoholics in my family, and I, I knew I was like them, only I was, my, my substance was food. So when I first came in, I, you know, um, I identified somewhat, but I made sure I compared because I just wanted to um, be different. I didn't want to be a compulsive overeater like them. I just wanted to do my way, give me a food plan, and let me be on my way. But it was the same thing. You know, I, I went to meetings that told me that abstinence was the most important thing in my life. And, um, you know, well, yeah, it, it was very important, but uh, but I couldn't stay stopped. So I, I couldn't understand what that second part of it was. I knew about obsession, but I didn't really know. I knew that, you know, when I was stopped, that, that in my mind I still wanted it. Why was that still in my mind? You know, I couldn't remove that from my mind, and no matter what I did. So, you know, I was trying to find another method because, believe you me, I had them all. I, did, I, I exhausted all methods, but I still went out afterwards and still tried more because I had reservations that I was someday I'm going to find a way. I'm going to be able to, to conquer this. And uh, then surrendering to the big book and finding out the answers, and that's when I got my results. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lorna. Thank you, Janice. Who's Hi, next that has a question about the presentation today? I'm Valerie. Hi, Valerie. Good morning. And go ahead with your question. Um, this is the first time I've listened to this line. I missed the very beginning because I was trying to get in on the um, you know style everything, but. Thank you very much. I, I really heard a lot. I needed. I've been in, you know, I've been in this program for thirty something years, and in uh, the other programs, and um, I really heard um, a lot of information that I I heard in AA years ago, the deep, you know, process, but haven't heard in um, OA in many, 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 many years. So I wanted to thank you very much, and uh, I'm grateful that I. I got this number from a friend yesterday, and uh, I'm so grateful that I, I got to listen. And uh, but the other thing is, could you give your number again, please, because I didn't get all of it? Certainly. My number is 781-396-0784. Okay. And um, how do I um, mute myself again so I don't make any noise? Star oh, one. press star one again. Oh, star one again. Okay, thank you so much. Yes. I'll keep on listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Welcome, Valerie. Welcome to Vision for You. Who has a question about the presentation for Janice today? Hi, this is Santa. Hi, good morning, Santa. Go ahead with your question. Good morning. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, Janice and everyone on the line. Janice, thank you so much for that beautiful share on the serenity prayer. It was very enlightening. My question is, um, you touched upon about self-will and God's will and character defects. And I wanted to know if you can elaborate more on that. And is when you talk about self-will, are self-will character defects? 
That's my question. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> well, we all have we all have character defects, and um, as a compulsive overeater, my character defects are intensified. You know, we're all we're all given. Um, well, I'm losing the word instincts. But as a compulsive overeater, my instincts are way beyond a normal person. And my self-will is self-imposed on on my character defects. You know, I mean, I can have um, character defects of pride. I could have a gluttony, uh, you know, but I go even further. A compulsive overeater that I am, my instincts are, are misused. I misuse it. I misuse them. So that's where my disease, that's where my self-will comes in. We all have character defects. (laughs) We all have character defects. But when I impose my will to intensify and misuse them for myself, then that's self-will, and that becomes disease for me. You know, a person, a normal eater will eat, you know, and that's enough, and then they know, but not me. I have to excess. I have to misuse that gift of eating, or I have to misuse. That's why we say it's self-imposed, because there's a lot of things I did myself, for self, for self. And that's what I want to, want. you know, that's what the disease, that's what recovery does for me. It gets me away from my will, my selfishness, my self-centeredness. You've got to do it for me. i got to have that because I want more. And, you know, more, I was never contented with more. Never, never contented with more. Whether, whatever it was, I was never satisfied. That's what I knew. Every time I got something, then I, you know, it would be, okay, I got it. And that would be it. So something was wrong with me. And I self-imposed those things myself because I thought those things would make me happy and make me serene. Once I got, oh, you know, everybody settled and, and my success and my money and this and that, then everything would be all right. Little did I know it was so temporary until something else came up. And that's why I could never, that's why I had to give up and surrender. My will. I hope that answered you, Santa. Thank you. Thank you, Santa. Who else has a question about the presentation today on the serenity prayer for Janice? Renata. Hi, Renata. Go ahead with your question. Hi, Melanie and Janice. Good morning. Good morning to all. Janice, my question for you is, uh, what, what are your daily practices to keep your serenity and increase your wisdom of knowing what to do, like to increase your God consciousness every day. Okay, yeah. That's that's easy now for me. I get up in the morning, I, I do some religious practices, you know. I, the first thing I say is the serenity prayer, <laughs> believe it or not. And um, I say the serenity prayer and I say some other steps. And then I go right to my desk here and I start doing some readings. Um, again, I, I do the serenity prayer, the long form. I do the third step prayer. I do the seventh step prayer. I do the St. Francis prayer. You know, it's requ- and, and, and some other some other tools, you know. 
the serenity prayer was my insti- well it was my first spiritual tool of recovery whether i understood it or not that was my first spiritual tool was the serenity prayer uh, because i heard other people use it and then i saw it in in, in a way so i do that and then i uh what do i do i have to get a cup of coffee and um and then i go on my day i uh get on the uh, vision for you which is my home group which is a miracle group um uh, because there's so many recovered people and people that are getting recovered um and that's every day 6 days a week monday through friday and then the special edition on sunday um every day um until it's you know since it started um, and prior to that, I was in another group, but God led me back to this group, and I'm so grateful for that. And so after the meeting, I have sponsee calls, so I'm involved with, um, you know, guiding other people through the steps every day. Well, not every day, usually five days a week, but in those extra days, I uh, well, no, six days. And then I have uh, calls. I make calls. I take calls. Um so my my whole life is <laughs> um, the twelve steps. That's what I do. You know, people say Are you still doing that. Well, yeah. Either I do it or I go or I die. So I know that keeps me centered with my higher power. And then at night I do the prayers again. I say the Serenity Prayer. I go through the eleventh step during the day. I try very hard. Some days I don't have any resentments. Or whatever, and then a lot of the days I do. And what do I have to do? I have to do a ten step. I have to call people that are recovered that can guide me and let me see where I'm at fault. And it doesn't feel good sometimes. <laughs> I'm very sensitive, you know. My pride gets hurt. Well, ooh, but you know what? They're usually always right because they're being they're being guided by their higher power. And um, then I go to sleep, and as minute I hit, you know, after I do, you know, do I owe an apology where I was resentful, you know, I don't worry what I did, you know. And then I fall right asleep after I say my prayers. I hit the pillow, and I go, boom, go to bed early, and I get up early. And that's my day. Of course, I eat three meals a day. (laughs) That's what I do. Thank you. Thank you, Renata. Does anyone else have a question about the presentation of the Serenity Prayer today for Janice? Suji. Hi, good morning, Suji. It's your turn. Good morning, Melanie. With your question. And thank you so much, Janice, for your wonderful message. Um, I myself am a grateful, recovered treasure in the beautiful 12-step fellowship. And my question is this. Could you comment on the use of the serenity prayer as a guide for sharing at our fellowship meetings. I await your response. Thanks. Okay. As a guide, um, well, I, 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 I hope I made it clear that the guide intertwined, threading through this whole serenity prayer is the 12 steps of recovery. They're the 12 principles. They can say, and if, you know, because of my experience of many years in the program and being recovered, I, I, I see how they're just so related. 
they're, they're like a, a chain link fence between uh, the two of them. There, there's a parallel. So is it a guide? Well, I believe so. That's how I live every day. Asking first a power greater than myself, you know, to discern, to, to, to give me these three three full things. I'm asking for serenity, wisdom, serenity, courage, and wisdom. And acceptance is a big part of this. And, 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 and it certainly is a guide for me because when I get ruffled, I go, oh, okay, now what is it that I'm trying to change? Am I trying to change the way that person believes? And that's like, okay, Janice, you're in control now. You're in control. You can't change the way that person believes no matter what you think. Yeah. So I go back and I say, okay, call somebody up. Or they call, you know, they, I talk with somebody and they tell me. And, I, and thank you, God, for the open-mindedness in step two. Um, you know uh, that that I can see where I where I wanted to control somebody. You know, it takes a, it's this whole this whole program is a process. You know, you you ask could I could I uh, comment on the use of the Serenity Prayer as a guide? I think you could have thousands and thousands of meetings on the Serenity Prayer as a guide. You know, you just study it, you experience strength and hope with it. It's a it's a wonderful because it's really related to the big book too. Every I mean I could have gone on and on and on and on. And I think anybody else could too, depending on their experience. It's it, it, did, did I feel like this and think like this when I first came in thirty one? No, it was just a bunch of words. I kept repeating over and over and over again. Little by little the meaning, you know, I was guided. Uh, through the meetings, through through the twelve steps, through a sponsor, through other people, what I can change and what I can't change. I mean, does that answer your question, uh, Suji? Yes, very holistic answer. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Janice. Who else has a question for Janice this morning about her presentation? Hi, this is Lauren. Hi, good morning, Lauren. What is your question? Hi. Um, uh, I was wondering if um, Janice could talk about, you know, um, courage to change the things we can. And something that I've been trying to figure out, um, having gone through the 12 steps and now sponsoring, is if something, if somebody else is doing something um, that bothers me, um, is there a point when I need to speak up? And I think that's something I really struggle with, the balance between speaking up in a loving way um, and the fact that I can't—I know I can't change them. So I, I think I kind of get into a puzzle of, okay, if I can't change them, do I even speak up? And how do I know when to speak up and when it's important and when it's actually dishonest not to speak up? So I was wondering if, I feel like that's very tricky for me. I was wondering if Janice could talk about how she does that. Okay, well, um, I do it differently today, <laughs> and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I get impulsive. Sometimes I, I don't pause, you know. Um, you know, right away I, boom, I, I say what's on my mind, you know, and sometimes that's not good. And so how do you know? Well, you know, it's like maturity, you know. 
Um, uh, how do you become mature? Well, <laughs> there's no answer. It's time. And, and as far as speaking up, you know, uh, I would take that example, whatever you have in mind, and um, you have a sponsor, and I would talk it over with my sponsor or someone else, mostly my sponsor first and then some other people, to see their view, to see their view so you can get some input. You know, um, and then you will get intuitively, you will intuitively know when to pause, especially when you're agitated. The first one you ask some help from is your higher power. Okay, God, this person, I'm getting agitated. What do I do? Thy will be done, not mine. This person is uh, really getting to me. You know, hopefully you have enough time in your mind to, to think like that. Um, a lot of the times I don't, um, and I'll boom, you know, right away, boom, you know, because I'm, I'm an addict. I, ooh, so I'm, I'm so impulsive, and I have to hold my tongue. I have to hold. I have to know when to hold them and when to fold them. You know, you know that gambling term. Um, that's what it means. I have to know. And how do I know? Well, the more I get to know my higher power, the more gifts He gives me. The more I thank Him. Um, see, I always liked perfection. Oh, I want to know. I want to know this fixed answer. Give me an answer on how to do this. Well, it, it's not as easy as that on how to. It's an intuitive thing that comes with change and, and, and asking for help from your higher power, your sponsor, and somebody else. I hope that helped you. Did that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yes, it did. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Lauren. Anyone else have a question today for Janice? Is that Margaret? Hi, Margaret. Good morning. What's your question? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you very much. Um, Janice, like, I relate to you a lot because, you know, you've been married a long time and I've been married a long time. And um, I seem to do <laughs> so much better, you know, outside of my home, even in my job. To have tremendous amount of patience, have tremendous amount of patience even with my um, with my adult children. Um, more, but I am finding that as the years go past, I'm becoming extremely impatient with my husband, which is the person I live with all the time. And um, I think it's kind of catching me by surprise because I feel like, unfortunately, I'm getting more impatient. So I just wanted to see, like, how do you? Are you aware of that so that, like, the other day I really became impatient and it was, like, one of those days where my mouth just opened and um, it it wasn't pretty. You know, it just really wasn't pretty. And I was like, oh, my God, no, I don't want to go there. So how do you, like, as soon as you see that agitation, I guess I'm hearing what you say. It's just this practice. And I guess when you... um, like, I don't want to get so, you know, um, critical of myself when, I'm, when I don't do what I know to do. So how do you work with that? I think that's a great question <laughs> because my experience is right there. Yes, I've been married for 50 years, which is a long time, and I am least patient with my husband. My son, not so much. I don't know. Maybe because he's... He's an addict, too. But anyway, um, my husband, first of all, 
you know, living with a man for, for, for 50 years is a long time, and I still want my way, and he still wants his way. And I get upset when what happens? When I'm trying to let him see my way, and he doesn't see my way because I have to allow him to be his own person. Very hard to do because he's wrong and I'm right, okay? Now, what comes in? What principles come in here? First of all, long overdue, which I do better, is to accept his character. I mean, he's the same guy that I married 50 years ago. He's the same. He truly is. He may be getting older, and his mind is getting weaker, and his actions are getting different. And that's, I, I, I you know, because I, I, I analyzed myself. I, I looked at myself and said, now, why am I feeling like this? Well, it could be fear. He doesn't do the same things that he used to do in the way that he used to do it. And that's my fear. That, gee, you know, is he getting sick? Is he getting Alzheimer's? Is he this? Is he that? And then I have to say, okay, God, I have to accept him and just put a new pair of glasses and you say, accept, accept, accept. You know, that's how he is. Why do you keep trying to want to change him? It's futile. (laughs) He has his human frailties like I do. So... You know, it's like trying to control the uncontrollable. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. And I'm trying to play a God. Oh, I never thought that. I used to hate that when people said, you're trying to play God. I'd say, no, I'm not. You know, but I was. I was trying to change him to think the way I think. Because I thought my way was the right way. He was the wrong way. So I think the serenity prayer is is beautiful for that. That's happened to me. I gave the the example of us working, trying to open up this box. And he wasn't doing it fast enough. He wasn't doing it. He was using a tool that wasn't sharp enough. Um, and I was getting upset. I was becoming impatient. He doesn't walk fast enough. He doesn't talk fast enough, this and that. Well, that's me. That's That's on me. So change, that's what I have to learn to change. I have to look at myself and see what part of me is he affecting? And then I look at it and it comes up. Do I do it perfectly? Absolutely not. But I'm aware of it, you know. And he is a child of God also. So why am I commenting on God's handiwork? That's what I stop and say. I hope that helped you, Margaret. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you, Janice, for that answer, too. How about anyone else this morning with a question? Hi, Linda. Hi, good morning, Linda. What is your question? Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. And Janice, thank you so much. I have learned so much today. Um, My name is Linda. I'm residing in North Carolina. Um, I'm a recovered sponsor. Very grateful for the vision. And I just want to make a comment. You know, I'm also married long-term to the same person. And I have been, you know, in program many years. And when it comes to, you know, working the serenity prayer and the steps, I had an incident this morning where I have some resentment towards my husband regarding an issue that um, is exactly what you're describing. You know, I, I want him to be different. It's really the selfishness in the 11th step where I want my life to be different and I want him to be different. 
However, I just want to say that a lot of times when I have either a resentment towards him or one of the defects of character come up, it's usually from something from the past. But because of the programs and the steps, I'm able, God really tells me immediately, I get this awareness, Linda, this is not from now. This morning it happened to be a feeling that I had of resentment that was from my, you know, my original family, my origin, my family of origin. And I was able to stop my cause. You know, I started to really get angry at him. So I got up and the program has taught me to shift, to move into another space. Instead of staying in that anger with him, I was, we happened to be discussing it when we were in bed this morning. I got up. I went into the other room. One of my sponsors happened to be calling me, and I shared it with her. And this is what I've learned. Like, instead of discussing everything, I used to, like, try to work it out with him. He's not in the program. He does not have the same tools that I have had these years. So I, God tells me, he gives me this intuition, this awareness, because I can't do this. I'm sick when it comes to this. I want to, like, fix it now. I want him to be changed immediately. But the shift in the physical the physical space, the talking to the front seat, sharing my feelings immediately, it got lifted. Then I could re-enter, and I'm totally in serenity. So I just wanted to share that, that sometimes it's not only like the action of the mental. Sometimes for me, it has to be a movement, a physical area change, the pause, the prayer, the discussing the fifth step, and you know the eleventh step for me is just so unbelievable because it shows me this pattern over and over again. And now, in my life, God is revealing to me new things that I wasn't aware of before. So I want to thank you again, and thanks to your wonderful qualifications. I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want to remind folks to just kind of formulate your or your thought in, into a question for Janice so that she has an opportunity to answer. Thank you so much. And who does have a question today about what was presented? Um, this is Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. What is your question? Um, I'm currently working a step, a fourth step for the umpteenth time, um, but I'm really focusing right now on the sick man's prayer, in particular in regards to my husband. You know, I'm married 24 years. Um, he he is, you know, spiritually sick, as am I. So I've been trying to say, you know, the prayer from the big book, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. Well, I'm, <laughs> how can I be helpful to him? Damn it, he, he should be helpful to me. He's being a jerk, you know. <laughs> and um, so I'm fighting this, you know. I know I have to give, get rid of myself well. I know that I cannot resent him and continue with my steps. Um, but the idea that, though, that I have to, you know, not not just not resent him, but turn around and, and try to help him, uh, it's really sticking in my gorge, as they say somewhere in the big book. And, and I'm wondering if you have any advice on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. This. Yeah. When you when you have those feelings, uh, you know, how can you help him? Well, <laughs> that's the paradox. Um, first of all, you can help him by being, I mean, I, I don't know the situation, you know, your sponsor would, but, uh, you know, we have to be, I'm very intolerant of people if they don't do things like I want them to do. 
that's part of my that's part of me you know i'm learning to be more tolerant of people's beliefs their feelings their ideas their actions you know how can you be tolerant well you know you have to accept what he does now i don't know what type of i mean i don't know if it's unacceptable behavior or what but just um generally um if you can't be helpful right to him by being maybe asking God, who's always the, the, the helper, um, how I can be helpful to others. Um, because when, you, when you're not helpful to him and you're mean to him like I am at sometimes, or, you know, um, I'm really acting like that towards my higher power. And uh, no, yeah, do I think like that all the time? Absolutely not. But, um, you know, the, the woman before you talked about, you know, physically moving. Well, before she does any action, the thought has to be in her mind in order to do that. So it's like how, you know, we hear it from our trusted servant, how free do you want to be? Do you want to hold on to that? Does that make you feel better if you hold on to that resentment? Or do you want to go and, and get your book and, and read how, you, you know, pray for his health, his happiness, and his prosperity? Golly, I remember once somebody told me to do that for my, 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 my father's third wife. I said, what? Prosperity? She's going to take over the business, la, la, la. But, you know, I did it. If you want that resentment to be removed, trust God. Rely on him. Pray for him. And that will be removed from you because we can't change them. You either, you know, accept them or don't accept them. Pray for him and ask God to give him the results that God wants him to have. That's the only thing you can do. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe somebody else has. That's, you know, what I would do. All right. And one other follow-up question. Um one thing that I, I feel as if our communication isn't great, and I, um, you know, I talked to my sponsor, and I wrote a letter to him, which I had not given to him. My sponsor and I are going to review it uh, later today. Um, but, you know, in the letter, I'm doing what is not really step work. I'm, I'm telling him, without being nasty, all the things that are hurting me and that I feel are threatening our marriage. I, I know that's not step work. I'm supposed to be focusing on my side of the street, not his side of the street, but I feel as if by not being clear about some of the stuff he's doing that, that's hurting, hurting me and I think hurting our marriage, that, um, you know, not only am I not kind of defending myself or standing up for myself, again, not, I know, what, what the big book is about, but um, I'm not, you know, being honest when the truth needs to be told. I'm not taking proactive action to, you know, help him not to hurt me and us. I don't know. Maybe it's his total self-delusion. Um, but I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that. First of all, you know, it sounds like my situation. Um, first of all, God has to, the only one that has to change him is God. And I know you're saying, well, I'm not trying to change him. I'm just trying to tell him what he has to do so to for our marriage. Well, that's control. That's right. control, you know. It's it's an underlying manipulation, you see. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to be honest. I have to be honest. Well, we want to be honest so we can tell him what he has to change. Right. You know, 
I, I don't know how long you've been married, but you, you know how long I've been married, and the communication was never one of our things. I used to say, well, we don't even communicate, blah, blah, blah. He says, I talk all day in the office. What do you want me to say? That's him. And he's still like that. <laughs> so, you know, it was me that didn't like that and decided to change the things that I thought I was entitled to or that I justified my actions because of that. And I rationalize. After all, God knew my situation. Therefore, I can do this, that, and the other thing. That was my experience. Well, that certainly didn't work. You see, I find today the only thing I can do is ask God. That's God's responsibility, not mine, not yours, not anybody's. That's God. Leave God's responsibilities to God. You do what you can do. You know, um, I expected my husband on a Sunday to, 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 you know, to take me places or do with things with me that, you know, instead of watching the football game all day, well, he's not going to do that. He still does the same thing. But I'm the one that had to change. I'm the one that maybe I have to, if you can't communicate, communicate with somebody else, you know. Somebody said, get a life, Janice. Do, do, don't expect him to, to, to make you happy. Because he's never going to make you happy. Today he makes me happy with the little, you know, the the least. Because of me, because I'm contented with the least. See, before I used to think and depend on him to make me happy and joyful and serene and peaceful. (laughs) Nobody can do that for me. So that's, I hope that helped you. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you, Janice. Thank you. Does anyone else have a question about the uh, presentation that Janice had for us today on the serenity prayer? Sarah? Hi, Sheila. Yes, go ahead with your question. It's Sarah. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Sheila. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. Hey, Melanie. Thank you, Melanie, for your service, and thank you, Janice. Um, This is Sarah, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, That was really beautiful, Janice, and I I love the way you tied it into so many different parts of the big book. Um, My question or thought is that there are situations that are really – extremely difficult where there's true abuse going on in in relationships. I mean, severe abuse, uh, where people are either being battered uh, physically or emotionally. And at that point, the discernment, as you spoke about with the prayer and the the meditation and really listening, um, needs to be utilized. So if somebody was to come to you as a sponsee, that was having, uh, you know, uh, struggles with that uh, because there is that that comes into our program. I've, I've dealt with it with other people, and I experienced some of it early on in my uh, in my life in relationship. So I'm wondering how you would deal with that as far as with the serenity prayer or without uh, in sponsorship. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. I know you'd have a difficult one, Sarah. No, it's not difficult. Um, yeah, of course, of course, of course. There are situations that uh, we don't have to accept and tolerate. Absolutely. How do you know? Well, first of all, as a sponsee, um, they would um, tell me about it, because that's what you asked how a sponsee. Um, I can give them my experience as long as I went through that experience. I can tell them what I did, 
what I did, you know, like I don't have to have a relationship with them, I can forgive them. And again, if it depends on the severity of the abuse. I might direct them to outside help because a lot of us need outside help besides, you know, dealing with the 12 steps in the serenity prayer. So it would have to be um, a choice that would be a combination of um, their own intuitive thoughts after they get some real positive input, continue with the, you know, I mean, it depends on the abuse, you know, of course. So that's why it has to be a general statement that I give. Does that help? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Janice. Thank you so much. Do you have time for one or two more questions, Janice, before we close today? Go ahead. Sure, I'm here for you. Okay. Hi, just one second. I wanted to make sure that uh, Janice, uh, we are respecting your time. It sounds like you do have some more time. So, and I think I heard Donna. You had a question? Yes, hi. Thank you so much. Really, I I love what you're saying. It's exactly what I needed to hear. But I wanted to ask you a question. You said it depends on the abuse. I mean, abuse is abuse. Why would it? depend on the abuse. I don't understand. Thanks. Well, that that's a very um, a medical <laughs> and psychological question. Um, I, I can say that my son's smoking in, in my home is abuse. Okay? He's abusing my environment. Um, so what do I do about that? Well, I can make choices, right? I can say you can smoke. I can't change you to smoke, but you can smoke outside. So, again, I think that's a very, you know, there's different, um, uh, there's different degrees of abuse. I mean, uh, you know, when I was going to school and I was working with children, um, uh, uh, there are degrees of abuse. Um, and that's left up to the professionals because here, here, um, I can guide you through the compulsive overeating process, the recovery process, um, but I'd have to leave that up to the professionals. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Janice. Let's take one more question for today. Is that okay with you, Janice? Absolutely. We can kind of round it out at the top of yeah. the hour. Fantastic. Does anyone have a question for Janice about the presentation today, about the, the serenity prayer that we were sharing about today? You can press our one on your phone keypad just as a reminder. Hi, this is Cynthia. I have a question. Hi, Cynthia. You'll be our last one with a question today. Thank you. Thank you for rounding out our meeting. Go ahead with your question, please. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciated the um, way that you were talking, Janice, about the serenity prayer and breaking it down into the different elements, um, like... Um, or not the serenity prayer, but the steps like 1, 2, 3, then 6 and 7 and 11 and 12. And I was getting kind of lost a little bit. And at the end when you you said 1, 2, and 3 are together in one way, then 6 and 7, then 11 and 12, and then you went back and said something about 4, 5, and 8. And I, I wanted to get what you were saying, and I was, so I was trying to write it, but I missed it. So I wonder if you could um, kind of repeat that one more time if you'd be willing. 
if I could find it. <laughs> I don't know what I said. <laughs> oh, let's see. I, I know what you mean, too. Uh, it was kind of right at the end. So, because you referenced the model a couple times, but the one at the end I did. was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gee. Why don't you uh, give me a call? Okay. And I'll look for it, and I'm sorry I can't find it. I have about seven folders here. Uh, oh, no, that's totally, that's yeah, totally fine. Yeah, and I know exactly what you, what you mean. I, I went through the first uh, the first two steps. I think that, yeah. was, that wasn't the beginning, was it? No? Well, you did at the beginning, but then at the end you kind of tied it up again. Tied it up again, and, right. Yeah, and the way you tied it up was a little bit different, and it struck me differently, and I, okay. I wanted to capture it. So I'll give you a call at some point and, yes, and do I that do offline. Remember. I'll be glad to give it to you. You got my number. Thank you so much. I do. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you. And I, um, I appreciate that very much. It was a, a beautiful way to tie it into the steps. I, I like that as well. So um, with that, we are going Would to... Would you like to give her number one more time? Sure. We'll go ahead and take care of that for you real quick. I can give that, Janice. I have it, and I wanted to also give the um, share ID for the meeting today. And Janice, Janice's contact number, Eastern Time, from Boston, Mass, is 781 She's also on the contact list, and with that, you'll see an associated email address as well. The share ID for today is 6534, 6534, and we're going to end today with the page, with closing like we always do on page 164 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. 